This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. to wind up it's monday it is an energetic time to start the week hopefully all of you are doing very well checking in on this particular podcast we're going to talk about what we've been playing and then end on something that's a little bit juicy a little bit of a talking point in the industry but mainly i'm scott tilford joined by josh brown hello scott tilford i'm not sure if, if you know but so many games came out last week like literally millions video game in millions of games, and I hopefully we get the chance to cover them um, throughout this week. <laughs> well, then we have to see what we can put together because it's trying to divvy up time between the likes of Far Cry Six, Metroid Dread, the greatest video game ever made. To be honest, I'm gonna I'm staking <laughs> that claim right now. But we'll start with Battlefield 2042 because I feel like a lot of stuff is riding on the Battlefield name this year, um, and it's interesting yeah, because it's going up against Call of Duty, it's going up against Halo Infinite, and um, Battlefield 2042's beta was a buggy old mess on the at least on the first day. I don't know if it re- recovered much across the weekend. Um, I played it on the Friday night and a little bit on the Saturday morning. Um, but you're a way bigger Battlefield fan than me, and I've, we've not talked about it yet before no. we started recording. So, what's the what's the old crack with Battlefield 2042? It's very interesting, Scott Tilford. As <laughs> often is the case with a new Battlefield, in mm. many respects, it's one step forward and two steps back. You know, for better or worse, when a new Battlefield comes out, it's a new Battlefield, you know, and they right. throw away a lot of the stuff that was in the previous games. They iterate on some, but it off, it's very much a new experience each mm-hmm. time around. Yes, the staples of Battlefield generally kind of maybe remain the same, but there's always, you know, overhauls. There's often um, features that have been removed and stuff. So with that in mind, this is definitely a new vision of Battlefield. You know, it's 2042. We're moving away from the World Wars. We're going back to not quite Battlefield 4 and 3 era. We're going a bit further, more sci-fi than that. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of grounded in the near future, right? And the games that I managed to play, because, yeah, you're totally correct. I couldn't even get in on the Friday. You know, every time I tried, (laughs) it was like EA servers are full. Uh When I finally got in, um, I was impressed by a lot. I thought the scale of it was incredible. I thought it looked quite good. I really like the punch of the weapons. I saw a lot of people saying that the weapons didn't have much recoil, which I don't think is true at all. Maybe if you're playing on a mouse and keyboard, but certainly on a controller, Mm. those things are punchy, those things kick. Um, However, in other regards, like I said, it does feel like a step back from some of the mechanics 
that we had before. But what did mm-hmm. you think generally? Well, uh, for me, uh, I don't know if it got tightened up on the Saturday, but uh, well, like, I guess it, it, for me, everything I played was buggy as hell. Like there was texture pop everywhere. There was like weird like vectors or like just big angular graphics punching through walls. It really felt unstable. The frame rate was all over ah, the place. Okay. Um, and it was just really, really messy. And obviously everyone's been pointing out the different bugs and glitches, the different, the climbing animation um, being like in, it moves like in sort of one frame at a time. <laughs> um, looking a bit like, I saw the act man do a tweet saying it looks like uh, like the like the Mr. Game and Watch um, from the old days. So it's like, I, I don't know, the general performance of it, I saw people like skill up saying like it should be delayed, it should be pushed back a bit because it doesn't feel ready for retail. But what was your yeah. overall like thoughts on the performance side of it? Because for me, like when it when it worked, it was great. It was more battlefield. I could drop in, I could spawn into someone's mm-hmm. helicopter, jump, jump on the minigun and wipe people out and stuff like that. I didn't do any more over the top stuff. Like obviously in the trailer, they show like a level of like improvisation that like, oh, you can like, you know, that standard thing of like launching a Humvee into a helicopter or whatever mm-hmm. there wasn't any of that um for me but um but it was it was fine it was solid it was more battlefield but i mean what was your the performance side for you i think i got lucky you know i mm. saw you and like everyone else the weekend <laughs> talking about you know horrible texture pop in and really bad net code and terrible frame rates but mm-hmm. for me i just got very lucky i guess and didn't experience that stuff ah. for me the frame rate was pretty damn solid uh-huh. and the texture pop in wasn't so egregious to the point where I was like really noticing it. You know, I've since been on the Reddit and stuff and looked at uh, the low poly um, <laughs> characters in the in the menus and stuff. Mm. I didn't experience any of that. I think I must have just got lucky. Like I said, hopefully that stuff is polished. You know, they said that this build is a couple months old and obviously there was a recent delay. It's now coming mm. out in November rather than October. You can hope that they um amend those glitches those bugs because it definitely seems like it's coming in hot like to delay it at that last minute for only a month or so which There's is no kind of battlefield tradition at, at this point time. i don't think they've done a game in the series for like 10 years that hasn't come in incredibly hot <laughs> like it there's always stuff wrong and that's not to justify it or excuse it no. but it's just like they haven't got that down clearly and i think the biggest talking points are actually around like the substantial changes they've made to the core gameplay, to the specialists in the class system that like that's part of the game. Like that's baked in. These are things that aren't going to change. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be the most controversial things. You know, for instance, you know, in classic battlefield games of yore, you had your medic class, you had your engineer class, and a lot of the um, you know, equipment was tied to those specific um classes. This time mm-hmm. around you have specialists where you have grappling hooks and all of that stuff. And you can mix and match um for for instance, um, you know, healing items and ammo items within that, or bazookas and C4 and C5, as it's not here, and <laughs> um, mix and match within those specialists. So that's going to be definitely a source of contention in the fandom, I think. I think it's an interesting change. However, I do think it needs tweaks because I didn't see any teamwork in the no. beta at all there was barely any reviving <laughs> i felt like i was a one-man army trying to do that myself and it wasn't really incentivized as much as you think it was kind of a little bit glitchy mm-hmm. um so that i don't hate in theory but it certainly um needs some work i don't know if it's just like where i'm at on like sort of because we can we can like fold this into you know there's been a there's been a beta for call of duty vanguard there's now been the beta for battlefield 2042 there's been the flight for halo infinite which i'm just going to say is pretty much a beta anyway but we've managed to get hands on with three multiplayer modes from the top three premier shooters of the year and that's been the first time that all three of them have been coming in in one given year since i think i looked it up last week it was like 2012 or something um so it's like for me like i think halo is the most confident one but that's just some of that is reliant on how much i know halo inside out versus how much i know battlefield but like do you feel like this is them because call of duty feels like just more call of duty do you feel like they've done like even if these things fail in battlefield's case at least they're trying stuff 
Yeah, totally. I think, you know, like I said at the start, like the scale of it and the ambition, mm. I really enjoy. Like I like the um, the bigger map. I like everything that's going on in there. It really does, at least in the, you know, the All Out War game mode, the Conquest game mode that we um, got to test. Mm -hmm. It felt like there was so much stuff going on, man. Like you had, you know, um, these jets jets coming after you. You had like these helicopters coming after you. you had, like, all of this great mix between infantry and vehicular combat. And even in the bear, even playing the same map over and over again, I had those moments that where the it almost feels scripted, right? Like right. I was holding one point, the point near the near the, the ship that's about to launch. And, you know, you have people coming down that runway kind of area mm -hmm. and coming up over the hills to the left and the right. And when you're trying to defend that, say like that for instance in that um moment it was the final point right we was the final point we had and seeing all of these um players coming over the hill and you're there kind of with an lmg <laughs> trying to defend it like those are the moments i love from battlefield and it provided so many of those within it i do think it's going to need some finessing it's going to need some polishing hopefully mm -hmm. it doesn't come out and um, completely buggy and, and unstable but i feel like what they're trying to do I can see why it has issues, you know, because they have gone bigger. They have gone um, for a much bigger scale um, mm -hmm. and trying a bunch of different things. And you might say they didn't need to. They might they didn't need to do that. They could have just delivered Battlefield 5's combat in a modern setting or mm -hmm. a near future setting and called it a day. But I always kind of do love that Battlefield. It never, never tries that. It's like, if you want that experience, you can play that specific game. You know, mm -hmm. you can go back to it. And I know a lot of people do just want to see them iterate and iterate until they have it perfect. But I do like that each battlefield game is a bold swing for the fences and it doesn't always work but i like that almost more than the call of duty template where you know exactly what you're getting every year with battlefield you really don't from game to get to, to game to game outside of the uh you know like i said the broad structural things yeah yeah because did you uh, play about with the grappling hook and stuff much because i feel like this is like the year of the grappling hook like it's been long enough since titanfall 2 every first person shooter dev has realized it was effing awesome so now it's just yeah. in everything and halo infinite has pretty much has the same physics as titanfall 2's and um, the one that I saw in, I didn't use the one in Battlefield in 2042, but there is a there is a grappling hook in that. I saw someone grapple to the rocket that takes off in the map and then just went all the way up into the clouds and broke everything. <laughs> so it seems like it is just, you can attach it to literally anything and then just yeah. try and make plays work that way. Yeah, totally. I didn't get enough chance to enough chances to use it in a kind of interesting way like mm. that, but I did find it was quite um, a good utility to use to get to you know higher levels and stuff rather than just having to go up the elevators or go up the stairs mm -hmm. or whatever. It did provide an extra dynamic combat that Battlefield's never really had in that way. It is interesting that they give you this new agility option, and I have been um, scouring some reports and stuff, some write-ups on it, and I agree with the ones that say that the movement is a step back from Battlefield 5 because in Battlefield 5 you had this like immersive system where if a grenade went off near you for instance you'd get thrown to the side you'd get thrown on your back if you went oh, okay. prone you could um 360 max pain 3 style where you would not just be <laughs> um, on your belly you know you could shoot from your back and stuff and you could vault you could do like combat rolls if you um were jumping off a high thing like you had all of these options that have just been taken out of this game yeah for some reason and it doesn't feel bad it's just if you go from one title to another mm. the absence feels like a little bit conspicuous especially when they're doing all of this added verticality when they're doing this grappling hook gimmick so you can you could potentially do um, better more agile players it mm -hmm. feels weird that that's not in there in that in Ooh. some regards like i said they've taken a little bit of a step back and again it's not that it feels bad it's just that it's <laughs> they made some changes and some changes i understand why they've done it but changes like that i don't understand why they've mm. um, committed to it
Because you think the amount of stuff they're doing to be like, look how crazy and, and like chaotic and over the top all these different scenarios can be. The idea of something blowing up and sending 20 different players scattering in different directions. Like that seems yeah. like something that would be so identifiable as like the next generation of Battlefield or something. But because um, are your like general thoughts quite positive on it? Because I, I, I mean, I, I obviously I adore Halo. I don't want to be completely fanboyish about it, but I do think that Halo Infinite is by far the strongest candidate for the shooter of the year. Like it's yes. just Call of Duty felt like more Call of Duty. It didn't really do anything other than just be a World War two skin it plays fine but i just it didn't like and it is on the modern warfare engine but it didn't make me it only made me want to play modern warfare really Um, and i feel like in vanguard's case they're having to fall back on sort of history breaking stuff in regards to like you can get like a dot site and all these different things that weren't around or at least definitely weren't popular back in the in world war era if they existed mm-hmm. at all um and but, you know they're trying to sort of do this thing where it's like it's the modern warfare engine it's faster but it's a world war ii setting so we need to try and mar those marry those things up and they don't really work um and then in battlefield's case to me it just felt like more battlefield which the scale is impressive and that can be incredible but in halo's case it was everything from this veteran series like brought up to speed and made all these different advancements in terms of like take a loadout the idea of a loadout and spread it across the map if you want the grapple hook you need to go and chase it down and uh, and stuff like that and so i feel like and, and then there's obviously the performance side of it where i just feel like halo infinite is just just such a robust like yeah. beast of a multiplayer like it just seems incredible and the footage that came out of the uh flight weekend was just so impressive uh including obviously i played like as as much as possible um, and like i said i don't want to wait it on being how much of a halo fan i am but i just like where are you at on the where all three of them face off kind of thing like right now um, well, it's it's difficult because I've not played Halo, but mm. from all accounts, you know, that, that looks like the most polished. But at the same time, you would expect that because you've had an extra year to tinker yeah. with that game. Um, and that's coming out, you know, an extra year in the oven. They made a lot of changes. They've responded to feedback Although just completely already. forgot about the campaign. Just isn't yeah, even, yeah, apart not from even the there. campaign. And yeah, that certainly looks like the most confident thing, right? Like, this looks really impressive. It looks like a real return to form. And um, Vanguard, I actually am quite excited about, mm. considering I wasn't at all when that thing was um, doing the rounds, when it was just a rumor, when it was just like leaks and stuff. I think it looks solid, but you are right. It's more, it's more Call of Duty. And I'm <laughs> more excited in what Vanguard is going to bring to the um, Warzone experience than I am for the actual mm. multiplayer suite itself. Because like you said, it's cool that they're using the Modern Warfare engine with the World War II setting, and I will play it definitely but i can't see it getting its hooks in me in the same way that modern warfare 2019 did because it was so fresh mm. and now that i've made the you know switch over to warzone i'm just more interested in how the vanguard um, experience is going to translate to that with a new map weapons all of that stuff battlefield um is really interesting because i've come away generally positive about mm. it like I, i'm not as blown away as i wanted it to be i don't think it's going to be this five-star experience at least at launch but there was definitely enough in there and um, to make me excited, like just kind of tweaks, for instance, in the weapons, like like I said, you know, the, the punchiness to them, the kind of idea that you have to learn their recall patterns you have to you know learn how effective they are at different ranges, that stuff combined with a more intuitive customization and um, branch which you can actually um use in game now so if you hold the equivalent oh, yeah. of l1 you can mm-hmm. uh you can customize your weapon while you're in the fight rather than having to go to a menu and i thought that really changed up um combat encounters because if you're moving as you often do in battlefield from a long range wide open space at point c to mm-hmm. a tight close quarters fight at point a you can modify your weapon on the fly to accommodate for that and it gives mm-hmm. you more versatility in the maps i love you know moving from a red dot site to a big acog site or a sniper scope and moving between suppressors and muzzles all of that different stuff i thought that was just 
so cool and all games should have that. Well, since Far Cry 2 implemented yes. that system, I've been wanting all first-person well, shooters to do it, but they never have. That's what I was going to say. Far Cry 6 lets you completely respec everything. Like, you, you have your archive of weapons with you at all. Right. It makes no sense. But you have, like, 100 weapons with you all the time. So if you want to switch from a machine gun or a light machine gun to a pistol or a bow and arrow, you just pull it out of the invisible archive, and that's right. your main weapon again. In Battlefield, I think it's all just it's attachments, isn't it? You're not swapping yeah. out the actual gun itself. But totally. still, I it lets you like, adapt to things, yeah. I made a mistake there. I said Far Cry 2. I meant Crisis 2. That's the Interesting. game that lets you switch out your attachments. Um, I did think of that, though, because that, that whole um, in-game thing of like the character holds the weapon in front of them and all the different attachments pop out of it and you can swap around yeah. it, that is very Crisis. You'd kind of yes. think that would have caught on a lot more over the years. But yeah, that's a cool idea. I mean, like in, like you said, in Battlefield, you are going from like macro to micro engagements yeah. quite a lot. I think for me, um, I just need to spend more time with it. I think just the, the performance was just so buggy and so atrocious across the like the early other matches that I got into, I was going to say the early time, um, but hopefully yeah. they tighten that stuff up. I think, um, yeah. Sorry, just as a final thing, um, I think you know it's it's easy to put so many hours into this one map in this game mode, but mm. it, by all accounts, you know, I'm not defending a game that I've not properly played. I've no you know allegiances to EA, especially you know no. judging their track record with <laughs> some of these releases. And um, but you know you we've got this one map. We know there are so many more maps to come. We know there is uh, two other pillars of gameplay. You've got Portal, and I think it's like Hard Zone or something, which is okay. I think smaller um, team focused stuff. So there's a lot of different flavors of this game that we've yet to try. Obviously, the um, bugs and glitches and tech issues are incredibly prominent and they need to be fixed. But as a general direction and some of the stuff they've added, um, including the dynamic weather, which I think is really cool, very mm. atmospheric, very awesome. Um, I'm positive it could go wrong. I hope it doesn't. And I just <laughs> hope they manage to um, get enough right by the time mm. November comes around. I do hope for like the release couple months where it is Call of Duty versus Battlefield versus Halo and we can pros and cons all of them and then not just boil down to like, well, the performance is terrible or well, the servers died or we're waiting until 2022 for things to be smoother because Battlefield is releasing across and so is Halo. I guess they all are releasing across all generations. But um, the thing with Battlefield is that I'm sure the player count has almost doubled on new systems. It is. Like yeah, it is, yeah. it's ludicrous what they're trying to go for. Um, so it is like a massive change between the, uh, the generations. But yeah, either or, like regardless of how it comes together i just love that we have all three titles in the conversation again it's just it's been literally a decade since that was the thing totally, man. Um, it's exciting yeah man it's exciting i think that yeah i want to see more from it um, and i hope that they tighten stuff up in regards to where battlefield is at um let me tell you about metroid dread now other than everybody has nintendo switches i know that obviously it's one third it's we're going to talk specifically about an exclusive rather than something that is uh, on multiple platforms but oh my god josh brown i've waited a long time for this good of a metroid game to come around now it's not i'm not going to spend 10 minutes just ranting on about it because i know that you've not i don't think what, what was last metroid you played if any of them was it the original well one? this is the thing i've only ever <laughs> played the original one and oh, i didn't no. finish it because because as you know, the original one isn't that good. It certainly doesn't oh. hold up very well in the modern age. So no. no. It was a big old deal back when it first came out, but that was 1986 or 87 or something. So it's been a little while. Um, but Metroid Dread, um, just some stuff to sort of just mention is that I feel like up in every possible respect, they're paying off, um, you know, 30 years worth of like sort of fan fiction or the way the fans view Samus the character because Other M was just such a disastrous like way to portray that character. She was all, all of a sudden she was really subordinate to this other dude. What she wasn't very commanding anymore. Um, even though the character is very like ostensibly a silent protagonist anyway, um, other than the, the introduction 
functions that she does at the start of each game. Um, in this, especially in the cutscene direction, like we have a, a Metro with full-on cutscenes with like regular yeah. expository scenes um, where she's doing a whole bunch of different stuff. There are really cool um, animations when she kills bosses. Like it's literally Doom Guy style, like the way that they frame Samus constantly looking up at her. She does like big poses and stuff. It's very. Um, they know exactly what fa- how fans view Samus. I'm a massive Samus fan, and um, Samus a fan, you might say. Samus Aran. <laughs> I see what I did, but it's very good. Very and so good, man. they do that with every uh, one of the boss battles, but you get a lot of cutscenes as well. And the overall story hook, and that's another thing, a story hook in a Metroid game. Like usually, it's just go kill the Metroids, go kill the X Parasite. Like it's always just do the thing, go find the items, go do the thing. Um, but in this case, it opens with this really cool narrative hook where you're descending into this base, you're chasing after um, that. You get sent your uh, team gets sent this footage of one of the remaining X Parasites, which is this alien thing from Metroid Fusion, which is obviously back in 2005 or whatever it was. Um, and you're assumingly you've wiped all them out. So there's this footage appears, this sort of um, you know handy cam style footage of this um, parasite being on one of these planets. And you go there, and as you're descending into the, you go down the elevator, you're descending into the planet. You get this, um, you sort of wait, you like immediately wake up again, and it's like, okay, what the hell happened? And you're in different armor, um, and so mm. Samus like, starts to kind of remember what happened. And it's that like this um, character who's one of this race called the Chozo, which are always the alien race that have been in some of the other Metroids, um, just kind of turned up out of nowhere, decimated you, um, did something to you, like sort of shot you with something and changed your armor and that's you waking up after whatever that was. And so you then, um, you start beaming back to home base and they start, they sort of start telling you like, okay, try and survive, try and get back up to the surface. It seems like you're actually at the bottom of this planet um, and we'll try and perform some tests on what the hell happened to you. And yeah. so over the course of that game, and again, it is paying off decades worth of fan stuff, they are directly diving into the lore. Like, there is more lore in this game than any other Metroid, maybe all of them combined. Like, literally talking about the history of the Chozo, like, the race, what happened with them, um, and who this, like, entity is, this individual that's, like, destroyed you and stuff. There's just so much going on in a way that I... I'm I'm on the last boss. Like, I drank it in. I did nothing other than play Metroid. And it's not like it's massively long. It's about 10 hours. Um, I think I'm sitting at about the the 9-ish hour mark but i think averages for people are about 10 to 12 hours um but the thing to shout out and it is just me just monologuing at this point but it's a big deal because um the thing that they bring in because it's co-developed it's nintendo's main team the epd team i forgot the epd stands for but that's nintendo's main developer team um with mercury steam who are another um developer i think they're a spanish team and who did uh, metroid samus returns on the 3ds and that game was the one that brought in like full 360 aiming the counter melee so if something goes to hit you you can knock them away and um the way that they elevate that stuff so now you've got like an air dash and multiple jumps in midair and you combine all that stuff together and there's like a slide you can do it just plays so well it feels like such an evolution of what came before and for for such a veteran franchise it's so good to see and so good to feel there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's what's really sort of piqued my interest because Mm. outside of the first announcement trailer, when it was literally announced and everyone lost their minds, (laughs) um, I've not been keeping up with it. I've only been keeping up with it through um, you, through osmosis of being your friend and (laughs) co-worker and what you said about it. So I haven't watched any like proper gameplay of it until Mm -hmm. I saw you post about it and I saw you bigging up about how good it feels to play. And I just was kind of blown away in a way because I loved the, you know, like you said, the interplay between these counters between Mm. the way the camera zooms in for dramatic effect and gets close to the character models inside this 2.5d space i guess Mm -hmm. you would call it and it it just looked like it felt good which is a weird array of words to put together and doesn't (laughs) really make sense maybe an oxymoron or something but but you know when you really did yeah when you watch like a game be played and it's just like oh that looks really tactile looks really satisfying that looks really chunky like that is what they've amped up like when you make thing is like they know that too like i said you're playing as samus aran like you're playing as this badass legendary individual who's obviously one of should always be one of nintendo's biggest characters and obviously she's not had a main game on a home console in decades so it's like you well i guess you've got the prime series on the gamecube but it's still that's over Mm -hmm. a decade ago um, but like you said, there are those zooms, there are like those like sort of tactile feedback things for whenever you nail a specific timing window. And they, this game has the best boss battles of the year, if not the best boss battles in a long time. Like they, wow. it's a mix of, um, you know, pattern based stuff, like you know, traditional Nintendo stuff. It doesn't have the three, the hit three rule, which Nintendo stuff always has. Do this three times. Here's a weak spot. Do whatever. It doesn't have that, thankfully. Um, but it does have um, like specific, like en- enemies will flash when they're open. They're about to do something that you can counter. And if you can that in the middle of boss battles you'll trigger entire uncharted style set piece stuff where the camera disconnects altogether and you like you know you're fighting some giant beast and actually it's more like god of war and uh, you're fighting something right, okay. bigger. all of a sudden this thing drags you away but the beauty of it and the reason i mentioned uncharted or i guess naughty dog or their influence is that you still have control in that section but you don't necessarily realize it you're probably just hammering on the fire button because you're fighting something anyway but you do you realize in that moment that you can still do damage in that whole sequence so it's kind of like That's a semi-interactive awesome. scene and they've not done anything like like that before nintendo don't go anywhere near that stuff like set piece boss battles don't tend to be a thing um but that blur of traditional you know beloved nintendo boss design like pattern recognition stuff with the satisfaction of the new melee with the amount of different moves that you have ways you can get around and the fact that if you time it just right you'll trigger this insane damage dealing sequence like that stuff is 
unbelievably good. Like, it's so... Fu- uh, as I swore, it's so effing stellar, Josh, man. It's so good. And, uh, wow, and so, that's, that's yeah. how good it is, man, because I've never, ever, in the years I have been doing this with you, ever even seen you come close <sighs> to slipping up and dropping an F-bomb so in a podcast. Close. That's how good it is. I had to self-edit myself. The thing, because I'm remembering, there's, there's like the, the boss battles that are towards the end. I've not done the final one yet, but I'm, I'm right at the end. Um, you do fight a very, a very huge boss towards the end last night. Um, I was fighting it last night. And um, <laughs> when you do that thing, it does this whole, like I said, this full-on sort of God of War style finishing animation for it. And you get a finishing animation for every boss, as well as all the parry animations for in all the smaller uh, enemies that you come across and stuff. But it's just... Like, Samus doesn't say a word in the whole game other than at one point um, she speaks Chozo to another Chozo. And it's nice. like, I know that's not going to mean anything to you, but, like, it's still the fact that they did that for the character is just... Yeah. It's little things like that where it's like, okay... Um, and I forget the name of the creative director who's worked on all the Metroids over the years, but he was returning to the... Because Metroid Dread was first announced back in 2005, and then it got shelved, yes. and it finally came back now. Um, and this dude uh, was saying that, obviously, it's been a long time they've been working on Metroid, 30-plus years. Um, but this is the end of Samus's story, and this is all that they, they want to pay off all these different threads and all these um, things that they've done across the last few decades. And it feels like that. I think it'll still totally work for someone like you who doesn't have that reverence for the series or whatever. Um, but if you do, and you're going, oh, my God, that's a Chozo. Oh, my God, that's that certain armor piece. Oh, my God, they're referencing a storyline from Metroid Fusion or whatever. Um, it only elevates it, and I think that they know that. They know the fandom that are coming for this, and they've, wrote, yeah. they've written something that works for both sides. But well, what a game. It's fascinating, isn't it, man? Because it's like, like you say, it's this um, almost hardcore, not a niche thing, but it's mm. definitely um, a well, love the sales have always to... been tiny for Metroid, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's a love letter to people who've been waiting for this game mm. at this point for literal decades who didn't think it might ever happen. And like you said, not only that specific series, but the Metroid brand in general has been all over the place. You know, we've mm-hmm. been waiting on games that have been delayed, that have been rebooted, apparently, that have just never materialized. And yet, all of, we've got this lovely, um, um, you know, love letter to the hardcore coming at the same time as the Switch OLED, and it's yes. being marketed as like the flagship game for it. I just think that is crazy it's, and kind of ballsy in a way. Well, the thing is, like, it's it's not you like it's a company marketing their product, but it it was quite heartwarming seeing just how much they're getting behind it. Like stoic away from reality Nintendo who do their own thing at all times and don't care what anyone else is doing and um, coming back around going like no it's a new Metroid it's a 2D Metroid um, although brilliantly you can switch the camera in certain parts to be like right behind Samus so you actually get to see oh, the, okay. the environment kind of thing um, but seeing them put every ounce of their marketing behind a new 2D Metroid with their new system and go this is the title to buy on this new system um, considering how long we've waited for it all those things just made, it was heartwarming to me I know it is just Nintendo marketing a product but I was like, this is really cool. I like how much you guys are backing this. Um, yeah. Considering, like you said, you know, the, the legacy sales are actually very, very small. Metro doesn't sell that much compared to a Mario or a Zelda or something like that. But I just love how much they're getting behind it. And um, one of the things to shout out is the way that they do horror. This game is ostensibly a horror game for, let's say, 30% of it. Um, this surprised where, me. You mentioned yeah, this man. this morning before we start recording. It's so well done. So they, they showed the Emmys. They're called Emmys. They're like these um, weird, almost xenomorph-style robots that come after you. And uh, if they grab you, then you get uh, two very small chances they'll flash and if you time that right you can get out of that hold you can't return fire you can only slide under their legs and make a run for it again but 
um, you get that chance to escape. Most of the time, they'll just skewer your face and you'll die. But um, <laughs> point being that the way that they do it, because you do have a you know a Metroid-style map, um, certain quadrants of the map are designated as ME zones. So you know that when you get in there, that creature is patrolling around there somewhere and you'll get to see them on the map. Um, and over time, it's a very, really cool um power play thing where initially you're right you're on the back foot if they sniff you out and they'll scan you then they'll grab you or you'll need to run um, and over time you'll you know, you'll figure out ways to deal with them you'll figure out what their weak spots are and you'll figure out eventually how to take them down and but that whole thing of taking a part of a map and going okay walk through this door and you're in a different game genre for a little bit it's not as much about exploration it is about survival and we're yeah. going to give you stealth options we're going to give you um evasive options like that's a really cool thing and it reminded me of um the, the division i forget what you call that part in the division's open world where it becomes multiplayer it was like the, the, dark the zone something, something dark zone yeah yeah, yeah. And so in The Division, like if you go to the middle of one of the maps, it was in Division 1, I've not played that much of Division 2, but I assume it's in there as well. Um, certain parts of that map, you go through a certain door and you're just in a multiplayer server and it plays differently. And I love that hybrid idea. And so with Nintendo doing it, I feel like they'll be massively influential to anyone doing 2D platformers, just saying, hey, by the way, you can actually change genre by just going through this door or going through this particular phase or something. And that side of it, it's just all those aspects together, the way that it plays, the boss battles are so good, the horror stuff is so good. It's just, it's like, it's old school Metroid. It's really beloved. Mm-hmm. It's so like Super Metroid, um, but just elevated in every possible way with them taking these really cool risks. Like what if there was a horror enemy and what if there was, you know, God of War style bosses? And it's just like, this is so fully formed. Like it yeah. might be the best, for me, it might be the best Nintendo game since Breath of the Wild. Like That is you know, crazy so and you've sold me on it. I was going to get it anyway, <laughs> but now I feel like I need to get it definitely before we break for the holidays and do mm. our like, game of the year, do our game of the year discussion because it sounds from what you said here like a mm-hmm. definite game of the year contender yes it definitely is for me i've been waiting for something this long to blow me away and i I've, I'm, I'm loving it i hope hopefully it lands strong but i i feel like i know they're going for in regards to what happened at the beginning and what the choice is going to be but i'll see mm. um to end though i want to uh, birth a new segment i think we should call this checkpoint this week's nice. checkpoint is um what's happening with rockstar and the gta trilogy i thought we'd end on this and uh, whatever talking point is going on in the industry and in regards to what rockstar are doing with the uh, remastered versions of gta they put out a teaser trailer for it curiously didn't show any gameplay but that's that's almost very telling because the the things that have come out since then the small print if you start reading on what they're going to be doing they did put a press release out about how they're going to be rolling the game out as well the games out as well um it will be a premium price point that's leaked from a, a retailer called base.com uh, they're going for a 60 to 70 pound premium price point but the biggest talking point is that rockstar are actively going to be removing the original ps2 versions of gta 3 vice city and san andreas um, and also alongside that, they confirmed the platforms that the remastered versions are coming to include iOS and Android. So I I don't know what the hell this version of the game is. They haven't shown it, but they're intent yeah. on it replacing the originals. And I also there's a whole question mark over how many different songs they've relicensed and all that kind of stuff. I assume yeah. they've got everything. But what do you what's your thoughts on the way they're handling this? It was very, very odd, Scott. You know, this <laughs> happened just as we were finishing work on Friday mm. and I didn't even see it for hours afterwards. I thought it was such a strange way to announce it. Mm-hmm. But it's also classic that they did it at the end of the day on a Friday after yes. we, you know, did so many videos on the rumors and stuff. So we didn't actually get to cover it properly when it was breaking news. But I'll let that one slide. I don't think <laughs> they did that to personally slight us. Um, but even then, it was odd, like you say, they had this trailer and they know they don't need to show anything to get people mm. excited. People are just going to get this anywhere. I'm going to just get it anywhere. I know for a fact <laughs> I am. And I, I'm terrible. I'm as terrible as the people I say are terrible. You're enabling um, them. But, 
Yes, but but the way that they didn't show any um, footage, the way, mm. like you said, I couldn't believe reading the actual press announcement that they were just saying that they were going to take the older ones off storefronts. Mm. Like that is, to me, like that like, why, was almost like, worth doing a, a news on in and of itself. So I was just thinking, <laughs> why, why, do, why are we in this um, situation now with so many of these games where you're just making older versions obsolete? And it does make me think, is this going to be a direct replacement in a way that it is just the older games mm. slightly up You know, it's going to, they're going to play very similar. They're going to well, look very similar with a bit of added sheen. It's not going to be a proper, and I mean, I, I know that you kind of said this anyway, but it's not going to be this massive overhaul, at least from mm. the sounds of things. Well, the thing that when they showed the GTA 5 expanded and enhanced, it wasn't. It didn't look yes. expanded. It didn't look enhanced. It looked like the same game again. And so, like, I mean, it's definitely like a personal thing I'm bringing to the table, but I don't have as much faith in Rockstar as a company as I used to just because of the way that they've handled themselves across the last decade and the amount of key creative personnel who have left. Um, I wouldn't put it past them these days to just kind of resell you the thing you already love uh, in as much of a... Uh, a copycat version that it was before like and and like this like you said like they're deleting the original ones so i'm like okay that almost puts puts them more in line with what the original ones felt like and they said that they were going to reapproach the gameplay and try and touch it up and try and make it more modern but until we see that i'm just i don't know what the hell that's going to be i wonder if they just give it like a different aiming model maybe give it gta 4 or gta 5's aiming model um but largely keep the games the same like i just i don't know but the fact that they're on ios and android completely skewers the idea for me at least that they are hugely impressive anything close to red dead redemption 2 level visual overhauls like i was yeah. barely expecting that anyway but i know some people were but i'll be amazed if it's i just i wonder if they've invented an art style that is almost like if you played crash team racing nitro fueled you can unlock the playstation one version of those character models and they're yeah. sort of they're not they're cell shaded in that game but it's like touched up versions of polygons i wonder if that's what they're going for I'm, I'm, I am really interested to just see what they're going mm. for, and I hopefully we get a good look at it soon. Yeah, the fact that it is going to be on mobile devices, obviously mobile devices can play some pretty impressive games, so mm. I I do think there will be some... I don't, I don't think it's going to look bad. I don't think it's going to look, you know, terrible. I don't think it's going to be just exactly what we had before. But yeah, it's certainly not going to be this ultra ray traced um 4k 60 or maybe it is going to be 4k 60 but you know what i mean it's not going to be mm -hmm. cutting edge in the same way that a new rockstar game would be it's, it's going to try I mean, to balance be between a proper remake and a, and a and a port essentially well that's the thing it's like unless you're slightly sick like me you've probably not played the original gta trilogy since the 2000s like i <clears throat> have gta 3 vice city and san andreas on my ps on my ps4 5 um, and I've played through them as of like last year. Like, I mean, not in, not in their entirety, but I've put a good few hours into them um, and they still feel great to me. I still love those games. Obviously the aiming is the thing that I think needs the most work, but the physics models are still great. And the way that the mission design works is still really enjoyable. So I like, I'm curious what they're doing. Like, I mean, to a lot of people, when they hear that GTA three music, that little piano theme that comes in at the start, that is incredibly nostalgic and incredibly powerfully nostalgic. And I wonder if that is just their sales pitch. If it's literally just remember yeah, the thing you loved 20 years ago, here it is again. Cause a lot of people maybe don't even realize that those ps2 versions are available on ps5 right now well it's again it's funny because when you were going through them earlier this year i mm. was tempted to do it but as soon as you so did good. that the rumors came out and it was like they're going to do a trilogy mm. edition anyway so i've been waiting for this to go back to them so the urge is there to revisit these games and it's just going to be interesting to see in what form i'm going to be revisiting them <laughs> in because I, I literally think they could do the bare minimum 
And yes. like you said, coastal and nostalgia, this being the GTA trilogy, so many people grew up with. And if you enjoyed the Crash remakes, if you enjoyed the Resi remakes, this is going to drop with an even bigger bang on the nostalgia scale because they did so well. They uh, were the childhood for so many of us. For often, uh, they were often an entry point into gaming itself for yeah, a lot of people. Certainly yeah. the first kind of, or some of the first big blockbuster games that I played that I'm actually aware of and was old enough to fully understand. Mm-hmm. Well, not fully understand because I wasn't, you know, I was like eight. But the kind of thing that you like lived in, like, I mean, yeah, the amount of time spent on those games. I do wonder as well, because obviously GTA 6, like if everything's true that's been said about it and leaked about it, is Vice City again. It's their bigger version of that map. It's that like this whole time period and everything else. So the more work you do to the original Vice City, like it must be like a bit of a juggling act on, on their part to try, or a balancing act rather, to try and decide how much work do we put into re-resing these old games um, and then still wow you in the next one or two or three years with the real next-gen version of Vice City. So yeah. I kind of, I wonder what that's going to be like, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really don't trust them anymore. And I sort of like, I just, I think we'll, considering that the GTA 5 Expanded and Enhanced was just so lame that I, well, I wonder yeah. if that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a real, um, I don't know, test, I suppose, mm. to see what this looks like, to see what the GDA Expanded and Enhanced Edition looks like. Because that got mm. delayed until next March, which kind of shocked me. They kind of seemed yeah. to do that on the down low. So hopefully that gives <laughs> them enough time to make that more impressive than it seems. And hopefully this is impressive. But yeah, those are the first two tests i think for this new era of rockstar that we're definitely in right now yeah the the sort of final thing for it is that i think they always used to be so hands-off with marketing it was always they were playing the cards close to their chest but then whatever they played was like this incredible ace it was always oh my god it's this insane thing and in regards to their games yes red dead redemption 2 is incredibly impressive and everything but i feel like the reliance on gta online has like skewed the way people view that approach where it's just sort of they're very hands-off they're very away from they're not doing interviews with anybody there's no creative lead to sort of point to anymore um, and just a lot of people just kind of want something from them that isn't that doesn't make them or continue making them the GTA Online company. Like you kind of want to yeah. just see some something from them that points to something other than that. Um, but yes, that's been this week's checkup point. We'll see what else happens across the uh, the gaming week as we go forward. Um, and thanks everybody for listening. It's been the wind up. Hopefully you're suitably wound up. Hopefully you're suitably energized for the weeks to come. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. A pleasure as always, Scott. As always, and we'll catch you effing next week. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.